when hinges creak in doorless chambers, and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Welcome Home Podcast. I am your host, your ghost host. (laughs) Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 193 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Trevor. How's it going, Trevor? Hey. Uh, pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm hanging in there. Uh, you know, it's this uh, hurricane's really uh, uh, giving me some uh, some heartburn. Uh, yeah. I, oh yeah. I guess that's going to potentially impact your trip, isn't it? Well, here's the thing. So we're we're talking on Sunday night right now, right? And there's still mm-hmm. not a lot they know about the path of the hurricane, right? And and right. while it's not really going to impact Disney itself, it's going to be, where it's going to be traveling after it hits Florida is right where I'm going to be driving. <laughs> so of while I'm uh, you know <laughs> on the day that I'm going to be driving there, so that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. I, I don't, but we really don't know what's going to happen. What I really need is for the storm to continue going further west. They keep keep making it go a little further west and if that happens i'm good because the way i drive there is on route 95 which hugs the east coast right so it's right on the east coast so the further west the storm goes the better chance i have of being able to drive there and not have to drive through a hurricane um so you know selfishly obviously i listen i you know i know this is a bad hurricane and a lot of people are gonna have property damage and stuff like that but it's and i you know i definitely don't want to like make light of that because that's obviously a much bigger deal than what i'm gonna have to deal with but yeah it's it's interesting because i don't it looks like my parents aren't really going to be affected by it looks like disney's not going to be really affected by it at, at this point i mean it might change who knows um but you know for for me it's like i to drive there i just don't know what's going to happen at this point so gotta wait and see hopefully have more clarity in the next day or two here and and know what the storm is going to do and uh you know can can maybe try to plan around that so yeah hopefully yeah let's Let's wait and see, and yeah, hopefully it doesn't impact you too much. But well, stupid um, me too. I'll drive through a hurricane. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's just going to be windy, like I could deal with that. I could deal with some winds. <laughs> like I, right. could, I could do that. Um, you know, it's not that long of a drive, and and from what I've seen, just looking at the path of it, if it stays the way it is, which it probably won't, you know, it's it's really just a small part of the trip that would really have to deal with like a lot of the impact of it, right? So. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen yet. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but I mean, I mean, I really don't know. I I really have to wait and find like probably till Wednesday to even know what's going to happen with the storm to even know what we can do. So, yeah, that's uh, you're giving me flashbacks of when we had to cancel, where it was you know like yeah days before it was just that go no go, yeah kind of decision, right? And yeah, I get that, you know, and and like you said, yeah, you you really there's no point in reacting now because like you said in two days you'll have a better picture anyway well, so and the good thing for me the good thing with driving right is that i can delay a day right like you would you had to cancel your flight like yeah you know like that's, true. that's a whole you had so you had to cancel your whole trip right for me i'm not canceling my trip worst case scenario i'm delayed by a day 
and I just have to reschedule all my stuff that I had on my first day for like one of the days in the middle of the week. And it also helps that we're going for like 11 days too. So we can, you know, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're right. You, you do have, you got more time to be flexible with it. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to miss, you know, I just don't want to miss that first day. And I mean, really the only thing I'm worried about, I want to do hoop to do review, which we have scheduled for the first day, which would be a bummer if we couldn't do. And plus I do have some people flying from the Northeast on, on Saturday as well. Um, but they should be okay, I think, because the, the hurricane's not going to be that far north yet. So they should be able to get down there, assuming, you know, a bunch of stuff right. doesn't get canceled in that area. So, but, 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 you know, really, it's all up in the air. Who knows? <laughs> so, well, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> I said, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll talk to you later in the week and we'll see how you're feeling. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so okay. Damon's not here this week, but, um, it, you know, and, and Damon put this out on the Facebook page, you know, He's got a ton of soccer stuff with his kid for most of September and October, so he's going to be a little bit uh, sparse. And you know, mm-hmm. we really, we really try hard to accommodate that. But it's you know, all three of our schedules are challenging, so sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to, to fit fit Damon into here. But he is going to try to join uh, when he can over the next couple weeks. But hopefully, after October, we have him. Uh, you know, for for at least the rest of the year. So, so that'll be yep. good. But we should introduce our guest today. <laughs> And I'm sorry to be having you sit here on mute for a while here, Andy. But um, so <laughs> we have Andy Barry from a DVC Resale Market. We've had uh, Andy on before. Andy, uh, you know, thanks for re- joining the show again. Could you uh, give us, you know, just a little bit of your background and tell us a little bit about what you do at DVC Resale and and your Disney background, all that fun stuff. Well, welcome home, y'all. Hello, Tom and Trevor. How are you going today? <laughs> the good thing is, uh, Trevor, we don't have to worry about hurricanes out here. Yeah. So the fun well, part Trevor especially because he's up in Canada. Yeah. So. Yeah. No chance for me. <laughs> yeah. No chance for either one of us down down here. But I think we got you know we get a little rocking and rolling with the uh, the Earth movement. But anyway, I am uh, Andy Berry with the DVC Resale Market, a senior agent, uh, also a West Coast ambassador. Been with the company about three and a half years, and delighted to be back on the show again with the two of you. Very excited to share some of our great new initiatives at all of the exciting things happening in the resale market. We have been busier and busier than I've seen in the last uh, several years. That's a good thing. We'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, prior to that, I was a direct guide at Disneyland Resort, uh, where I serviced over 6,400 members around the world as DVC members and uh, enjoyed every aspects of my time with the Walt Disney Company and even more so with the DVC resale market. So, so Andy, I, are you ex- very excited about this this lounge that is coming to uh, Disneyland? I feel like that's going to be a big selling point. <laughs> Although not for resale, because resale is not going to be able to get in. But <laughs> Yeah, resale won't be able to get in. But, you know, I've been hearing about this lounge for, I don't know, 12 years now, 13 years. And so let's see how quickly it becomes a reality. <laughs> Wait, you know, so it's, it's been rumored bit... that long within DVC? And... <laughs> oh, my God, yes. You know, one of the other interesting aspects. Oh wow! Of, so, so for uh, you, for it finally happening, it's kind of crazy that it's finally happening now. Well, we'll see. You know, when it opens the door, then I'll believe it's really a realistic thing. But you know, <laughs> one of the other hidden gems at at the Grand California, a lot of people don't know about this, but it's called the Paradise Pier viewing area, and it's on the sixth floor of the Grand California. When you stay at the resort, mm-hmm. you can go and mosey your way up to the sixth floor. And you'll have an unobstructed view of the Grand California, uh, so the California Adventure theme park. Uh, and that's a neat hidden gem for those of our, our families and our guests who are staying out there at the Grand California. 
So don't forget to hit on that before this new heralded lounge opens up. <laughs> I just it, it's funny to me that you're like I'll I'll believe it when the doors open. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm there and enjoying it, then it'll be a different story. But up, up until now, it's still a rumor. Okay, gotcha. That's gotcha. fair. <laughs> Even though Disney announced it officially, it's still a rumor. <laughs> you, you know, until like I said, until the doors are open and the beverages are flowing free, then we'll see. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Disney's announced many things that, that have not happened, right? So <laughs> let's let's hope that this one does, though. So, so Andy, I, th- thanks again for coming. Yeah, thanks again for coming. So, um. You know, I, I think one of the a couple of the things you wanted to talk about that I guess there's a you guys have a current promotion going on with uh, contracts with 2022 points that you wanted to mention. Sure, we've got a limited time promotion out there for contracts that are listed where it's got a full set of uh, points from 2022 that are carried over. The buyer does not pay any annual dues on those points, and that can be a tremendous savings depending on the size of the listing. Anywhere from uh, several hundred dollars for a 100-point contract up to thousands of dollars, depending on which listing you're looking at. And when we started this promotion, we had about 75 to 80 of those listings. We're down to about 45. And even though we bring in 75 to 100 new listings on a weekly basis, we're continuing to see that number stay in the 50 to 60 uh, listing range. So it's a tremendous opportunity to get points start off your membership or add to your membership with points in your account and not have to pay dues on those uh, points from the prior year. Yeah, that's, that sounds great. That sounds great. And I I also saw something too about uh, something about this uh, guaranteed sale thing for, for sellers. What is that about? Yeah, just announced that this week we moved in from uh, another perspective is we believe so much in what we're doing as a world of DVC company and as the DVC resale market that we are guaranteeing to sellers, we call it a buy it offer uh, for 30 days after listing. If they decide they want to execute a buy direct from us, we'll, we'll buy the membership from them and uh, get them into a cash position quicker than they would if they were doing a traditional market sale. Very easy to do as a seller uh, uh, can elect to uh, option into this program. They can discuss that with their agent uh, at fr- up front dur- during the listing process. And it's a pretty simple and very lucrative uh, backing that we've got, a little program we've got going. So it's going to tr- generate a tremendous number of listings in volume. Uh, when you look at the listing volume for us, we are down a little bit lower than where we should be at this point in time about 100 listings lower than we were last year at this time. We're looking to ramp up inventory. So we've got a tremendous number of inventory going into the end of the year and start off of New Year when we typically will we'll bring in a lot of listings once the new dues bills hit out and hit people's mailboxes. But this guaranteed program, this uh, buyback program, it's only been out for a couple of days. And gosh, have we seen the tremendous uh, volume of inventory come in, even though we're selling a lot of units on a daily basis. Yeah, that's that. That sounds great. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, it sounds like you guys have been busy. <laughs> we have been busy. Um, you know, it's which funny. is good, it's right? Funny as this, as the pandemic has going into year, I don't know, year three and a half or something like that, or it just seems like each month we get busier and busier. And like I said, on an average on an average basis, on a weekly basis, 
we're selling somewhere between 75 and 125 or even more uh, listings. And we bring in a, almost a comparable number of listings on a weekly basis. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's the great. market. So, yeah, sell, so you know, what would you, so you, you got, you got a situation where some people think, well, oh, God, the market's just going to tank. And then I look out there and I say, gosh, I get, I got three calls from people this last week that says, Hey, I got a ton of, a ton of money sitting on the sidelines. I'm ready to buy some more contracts. Which ones do you recommend? Yeah. So market is still very, very strong. Yeah. So it's going to, you know, to that point. So would you say we're in a buyer's or seller's market at this point? Because I, I think the last time Derek and Marissa were on here, they, I think they said it was trending towards a buyer's market. If I remember, Trevor, I, you correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, but I, I that, don't remember. That sounds yet. about right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know yeah, where we're at that, now if you, or if you feel differently, Andy. Um, I, I think we're still on the fence a little bit. Uh, I tend to think that yeah, maybe uh, if we start to see um, uh, sell, listing volume increase significantly, uh, you know, if I go back six months to eight months ago, we were at 750 to 800 active listings. Today, we're at 380. So we're, you know, half the number of listings. So if that number starts to creep up into the 450 to the 500 to 550 and 600 listings, then you're going to start to see a, a full buyout buyer's market. So if you're a seller out there considering your listing, we, we have some tremendous interest in wanting to talk to you. We've got uh, some light volume uh, when I say light from a standpoint of inventory, we could use uh, a tremendous number of Copper Creek, Old Key West, Saratoga, or Riviera listings. We are light on those. And if you have any interest in wanting to learn more, reach out to the DVC resale market. You can reach out to Toy Story Andy if you'd like. And that's my trade name, my street name. Uh, or any of the other agents on the market uh, in our mm-hmm. in our company can help out too as well. Your your street name makes that makes me laugh, Andy. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. Um, so, um, wh- what would you tell us are like some current trends in the resale market that we should know about? Like, you know, what's you kind of mentioned a little bit about like what you guys are looking for, right? But like last time when Derek and Mercer here were here, they were talking about buybacks uh, being you know pretty pretty robust from Disney or from DVC. Um, you know, are there any other kinds of trends that you're seeing right now that are interesting? Yeah, generally what we see uh, towards the middle and late uh, September, even into the beginning of October, it tends to be the end of DVC's fiscal year. They run October 1st through September 30th. And what we're experiencing is, is a, a lower number of buybacks, uh, particularly in the old Key West and Saratoga Springs area, which is where they were focused mostly for uh, for most of the 2022 calendar year. So we're seeing a lot of those listings and some of those purchases, those contracts uh, fly through Rofer. We're also seeing, not on a regular basis, but the Rofer process is a little bit quicker than it has been in the past. So generally, we'll quote between 30 and 35 days until we get a Rofer decision. We have seen uh, contract decisions come back some as quick as two weeks. Not that I want to get everybody's expectations up, but, you know, they can happen a little faster, especially if you're looking at maybe one of the resorts who they haven't experienced any buybacks this year, like maybe a Grand Floridian or a Polynesian or a Grand California or even one of those Alani contracts. Those those uh, buyback decisions tend to come back a little bit quicker nowadays. Is that just because like Disney or DVC is better staffed right now, or you think it's just they're making quicker decisions? Or 
We've heard, you know, again, just a little bit of rumor or kind of, you know, keep your ear to the ground because they never really told us, but uh, that they've streamlined their processes to make the ROFR review and buyback decision process a little bit more streamlined. Uh, you know, I always sat here and, and wonder and say, well, gosh, if we know we're not going to, if the, we know they're not going to buy back an Alani or a Grand California listing, I just picked those two in particular. Why not when they hit the box? Why don't we just kind of? Why don't they just kind of listen? Pass them along real quick and get get a buyer out on the marketplace trying to use their points as quickly as possible and tell people, hey, listen, we're not going to buy that back, and we'll give you a decision as quickly as possible. That would be neat to hear, Tom and Trevor. Yeah, no, that that is, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'll take uh, another one, like Riviera. We know they're not going to buy back a Riviera contract. Then once it hits the box, why don't they just give an almost instantaneous waiver to go ahead and do that? Go ahead and sell it. Yeah, why did they take so long to waive that when they you know they know that they're not gonna buy that back and you know they're not gonna buy it back? So the world just, knows. just immediately Yeah. Yeah, okay. That yeah, I know it makes sense. I mean, it's it's interesting that they've they've kind of automated that process a bit more and uh, you know, make it making it a lot easier for for them to to do that. So yeah, one of the other trends that we you know keep constantly keep monitoring is the average resale price. Um, and as you know, over the last several years, it just continues to accelerate. Um, a lot of people are asking us all the time, "Do we think that trend will you know dissipate or go away?" Or we we may not see a, a ten or twelve or fifteen percent price increase on a yearly basis, but we're still going to see an increase going up uh, most of the resorts. Year over year, it doesn't happen all all the time, month over month, but on a year over year basis, you can expect to continue to see a pre, some sort of appreciation in the resale prices. Well, that actually, yeah. So, go ahead, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was actually going to say that that's interesting because uh, um, one of our listeners, Chris, actually asked that question, or, or I think he expanded on it a little bit more. He says, uh, um, "Do you think the rise in price of resale is going to sustain itself?" Or will there reach a point where it becomes unsustainable and not enough value? Well, I guess that's kind of thinking a little further ahead than just the current yeah, trends. So. And I don't want to speculate, and I shouldn't speculate. But you know, as we that's get, fair. as we narrow, Andy, in, Andy we get, like speculation, though. We like speculation <laughs> okay. on the show. As we, <laughs> as we all get closer towards those six different resorts that are going to have a twenty forty two lease expiration, everybody wants to know why. Well, how can those prices keep going up? I mean, you're getting fewer and fewer years left. And now that we're in sort of like the 20-year time frame before those are going to fall off or basically run out, the question comes down is, will those continue to see a price appreciation um, as they have in the past? And I would say, yes, for Beach Club and Boardwalk, you can pretty much say that those are going to be a constant, strong performers in the marketplace even Boulder Ridge. Um, the other ones, you know, I don't know yet. You know, Hilton Head, Vero Beach, you know, some people will probably be glad when those drop off. But uh, I'm not ready to speculate and say mm, the prices are going to drop because I don't see it. I haven't seen it in three and a half years. Hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Trevor, do you want to ask the other question there too? Yeah. Uh, um, so I guess it cut- – um, sorry, another speculation question, but uh, <laughs> yes, let's go. With two, we love speculation, Andy. Yeah, two, we love it. Two, yeah. two and zero oh for speculation today. Yes. Yeah, so, so Danielle asks um, if you have any speculation on the uh, 
the new Polynesian building, um, you know, any thoughts on the new contracts, resale restrictions, or, you know, maybe part of the existing Polynesian contracts? Mm. Like, yeah. Those are great questions. You know, it's something we always get whenever there's a new resort that's coming out. Uh, a lot of people will say, listen, are they going to handle Polynesian the way they handled Boulder Ridge and Copper Creek? Um, you could say, well, you know, under that scenario, it was Boulder Ridge was basically giving up a couple of the buildings where Copper Creek renovated those and added the, added the cabins. On this case, it's an all new building with a new infrastructure, one bedrooms and two bedrooms. Uh, I didn't know if there was a three bedroom out there in the, in the plans, but even with the one bedroom and two bedroom, you could almost think that DVC is sitting back there and saying, Hey, we know we missed the boat when we came out with the Polynesian and just converted some of the existing buildings and added the bungalows. So you could either stay with something in a studio like 20, 25 points a night or the bungalows, I always say like a million points a night. Now they're going <laughs> to, now they're going to fill the void with the one bedrooms and the two bedrooms. But if you think about it from a business perspective, from DVC's perspective, they're in the business to sell points and make money. There's no incentive for them to keep this as an extension of the existing Polynesian uh, documentation. Because what do people want the most? They want to be able to stay on the monorail, see the Magic Kingdom from their villas, and stay in a one-bedroom and a two-bedroom villa. So under that scenario, they'll create the demand and possibly sell more points. Now, on the other arm, you could say, on the other hand, you could say, listen, I'm an existing Polynesian owner. Maybe I'll have some sort of grandfather uh, capabilities to be able to use my points there. Who knows? We can always speculate. In fact, we could speculate for the next nine months every day and have a different conversation and discussion about what could happen. What may happen? What will happen? What should happen? But nobody really knows. And who knows if DVC has even made a decision yet on what they're going to do. Yeah, that's th that's definitely fair. Um, I, I like the grandfathering idea because obviously all my points are at the Polynesian. So, yeah, gra grandfather it in, please. <laughs> and and uh, I don't know why, you know, I guess they could probably come back and say, okay, well, grandfather Polynesian owners who purchase direct and then just throw another, you know, punch into the stomach for the resale buyers it says, well, mm -hmm. resale buyers can't use it in the new buildings. Well, you know, there's, I guess there's a hybrid approach, you know, either it's either going to be treated as a separate deed or it could be treated like Boulder Ridge and Copper Creek, similar to a separate deed. It could be an extension of the existing Polynesian and it could be a hybrid where it's extension of the Polynesian and not allow resale members to use it, but who knows? And they're probably going through it. I don't, they probably have another six or nine months before they are going to announce what they're going to do. But we keep selling Polynesian. It's one of the best resorts to own. There has not been a buyback at that resort for a very long time. It's a very, very popular resort. As you all know, it's right on the monorail. Easy transportation over to the Magic Kingdom and over to the transportation center where you can get over to Epcot and Hollywood Studios rather easily and I love the Polynesian. I love telling this story as there's a tremendous amount of history with the Polynesian and probably some of it's been repeated already on the show. But uh, one mm -hmm. of them that I always like to say is the Beatles signed their divorce papers when they were staying at the yep. Polynesian. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep, they they did. <laughs> um, do, you, 
Do you always like wish that you stayed in that room, Trevor? Like, you know, just haphazardly oh. accidentally stayed in that room. Like, the, I, does the, anybody know what room that is? It's not a DVC room. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they would uh, tell us anyway. <laughs> they probably no, did no. it in the lobby. <laughs> it could have. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Go ahead, Trevor. What were you going to say? I, I was going to say, I thought it was in the same building where the, uh, the club level is because uh, Somebody did a bunch of research on it. And again, I could be wrong. I, I just, you know, happened to watch some YouTube videos and I thought it was the same building where club level is, which is like right near where the, uh, the volcano pool is. Okay. That was my understanding. Yeah, I had heard something similar, Trevor. It was club level and sort of a, you know, sort of an innocuous place, but you know, who knows? We could speculate on where that was too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speculation number three for today. Lots exactly. of but yeah, yeah. Andy, I, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I would like to tell us being part of the world of DVC gives us the opportunity to really listen to what our guests and what our members want. And we have just recently formed a partnership with Sunshine Flyer to offer transportation from MCO over to the resorts. And I don't know how well that is known out there in the marketplace, but it's something we've worked really, really hard on. And Something we just, our, our members, our guests tell us, hey, this is what we're looking for. This is what we want. This is how we can do things. And we're out there. We're big enough as a company now that we can listen and act and do things that will help the the viewership on this program. will help uh, a lot of people stay at the resorts. And a lot of people come and, and find their ways to maneuver around the resorts relatively easy, too. So I just thought I wanted to mention that one as well. Yeah, you know, we we had heard about that, uh, and actually, uh, my my, uh, I think we're gonna have my uh, my in laws when they come. My in laws are meeting us halfway through our trip next week, and uh, so and they need transportation from the airport. So I think we're gonna do Sunshine Flyer for that, actually. So, um, you know, because they they're not gonna be in a rush to get to us, so they can you know take their time. But um, you know, uh, it's it's great to, that you mentioned that because I think we uh, we meant to bring that up at some point, Trevor. Right? I, I yeah. think that. Yeah, that, I think we saw that on Facebook or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I saw you guys announce it. And uh, yeah, I thought, um, yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Andy, because uh, yeah, it's definitely good to point out. And you know, for anyone who hasn't looked into it, uh, I I personally feel Sunshine Flyer is probably the closest replacement you can get right now for the Magical Express. Yeah, I agree. So um, yeah, the fact that uh, the DVC resale market is parting with them, I think is... Uh, is pretty cool. Like, like you said, Andy, you know, just to help people, um, you know, front to back with the, their Disney vacation experience. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for anybody and everybody to use as many points as they want. That's, that's good. That's good. I, you know, I, Andy, I, I know you, uh, you said, you know, you don't want to speculate, but I, I do have some more speculation to ask you. So sounds like number four, <laughs> Trevor, what do you think? No, speculation. Number I, four. I, number four. What's the next so, one? Well, let's let's go. Let's talk like talk Disneyland for a second. We'll t- we'll talk the Disneyland Tower, the the new uh, the new DVC building being built. I, I want to get your feel for when you think that when you think DVC is going to start selling contracts there. Maybe when you think it's going to open, you know, ballpark, and then uh, what you think the price per point is going to be there at open. Whoa, talk about baited questions, Trevor. What do you think? He put me up against <laughs> yeah. the wall. And he says, "Okay, tell me." Yep. What you know? I just want to hear a guess. I, you know, we we won't hold you to it. I mean, you know, we like speculation here. So okay, so my, everyone my, who listens to the show knows we're not accurate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the good thing about speculation is it's wrong no matter what. 
Um, exactly. So, yeah, there you go. So exactly. here's my skinny on this. Um, a couple of things, because I'm fairly, you know, fairly open about it. Uh, let's talk. You, one, one item you didn't bring up, and I just want to make sure I want to address it up front, is the number of points to stay at the resort. And oh, yeah, uh, sure. so what I always like to do is say, listen, I, it sounds like the Disneyland Tower is going to mirror a little bit of what the Riviera Resort looks like with the two-person studios all the way up. And so in the back of my mind, I think it's going to be a heck of a lot of points to stay for a night or a week in any of the villas at Disneyland. I just think that that's the way they're going to set it up. So that's one scenario. I always like to make sure it's out there. Second scenario is when do you think it's going to become available for, for sale, Andy? Good question. I am going to guesstimate that you're going to see pre-sales of the resort uh, probably next, uh, and this is a pure guess, I'm going to say next Labor Day weekend, uh, or may even to be pushed into um, October of next year, which would be the start of their fiscal year. No, no better reason to start the, uh, the fiscal year off with a bang and uh, have a great first quarter 2020, I guess that would be five, uh, four. Yeah, because October of next year would be their first fiscal year, first fiscal quarter for 2024. So I, I'm yeah. going to say either late September, early October, but it's going to be a bang. Uh, price per point's a good one. Um, I don't know, but I'm going to say I think somewhere around 260 to 270 for members for maybe a four or five or six week buy period only. And then I think you're going to see the price jump up to 285, 290 a point. Remember, Trevor knows this well too. Tom, you probably do as well. Listeners do as well too. They are landlocked in Disneyland. And this is probably the last opportunity they're going to have to sell uh, a DVC real estate that's going to have a decent location in the parks or near the parks. Uh, so they're going to look at, a, I think, a way to capitalize and and uh, create the space into coinage or profit for the company. That's just my speculation. Yeah, that's what we wanted. So that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, again, the next question, a lot of people say, well, Andy, are you going to be an owner? Uh, who knows? I probably will buy 100 points, maybe 200 points. Uh, I'm a direct owner. My wife and I are direct owners as well. Um, and the only reason I would do that is just to have the availability uh, option to be able to stay there. I still think in the, my heart of hearts, I say this almost on a weekly basis, there are only three resorts around the world that share or back up to a theme park entrance. Obviously, we know the Grand California here backs up to the California Adventure theme park. The second one is the Disneyland Hotel in Paris, shares the main gate with the Disneyland Park there. And many people don't know that the Miracosta Hotel at Tokyo Disney Sea backs up to the theme park Disney Sea. So I yeah, still okay. I still yeah. think that uh, the Grand Californian is probably the premier or the preeminent place to own when you want to talk about ownership in California. Yeah, no, that's 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 uh, that's great. I, it's funny because I, I think when Derek was on the last time, he was telling us about how when when Grand Cal was originally on sale that they had and a really very difficult time selling those points, uh, you know, the original points for Grand Cal. And now they're like so valuable. Oh my God. Um, That's honestly got truth. You could not convince people to buy points at the Grand California, in, in part the Grand Cal or the California Adventure theme park at that time, as many people know, it had a tough launch period 
uh, first five, six, seven, eight years were it was a tough it was a tough park to to get people to go to. And you know the the resort backed up to that. It was like, oh, why would you want to own there? Well, now as you know now, I mean the price has gone from two hundred dollars a point up to three hundred dollars a point, and it's settled a little bit down. It's in the two eighty two seventy five to three hundred dollar a point range now. Um, but I still think it's the best best place to own in DVC. Wow. Okay. That's, that's saying a lot. Sorry, Trevor. Go ahead. No, I, I actually, I hundred percent agree with you, Andy. We, we were originally going to buy, um, grand Californian points, but the price point was a little steep for us. And the poly was definitely an opportunity at the time when we bought. So hence why we ended up at the poly, but, uh, yeah, you know, like you're saying, I, I wish I could, have points at the Grand Californian, but this new DVC tower, you know, you know, I feel it's a fair trade-off. Like if, you know, if I could get in on, like you said, you know, I'm thinking of it the same way you are, honestly, you know, like hundred points just so that we can stay there when we want to. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, some of your speculation is, you know, semi-accurate at least, because then that means that it's, you know, the, the window of opportunity is there for myself to get into some points yeah, there. <laughs> I think the other interesting thing to discuss and debate will be once the new tower opens up for occupancy, will that alleviate some of the congestion in getting a Grand Californian hotel or it's our yeah. DVC reservation? And and that to me, I think, is the more in, more interesting discussion, or as as equally interesting discussion. Mm, yeah, yeah, would, yeah. yeah be, being able to pick between the two would be pretty, yeah, pretty wild. It'd be, be a neat stay. But you know, many of the listeners know this. Uh, Trevor, you probably do too. Tom, you do too. Um, when you come to California, you don't find many families coming here for you know, a week to 10 days, you know, Tom, people like you are going to go for this fabulous 11 day trip next week, this week and next week. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't do that in California. It's more of a three or a four day kind of experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, what the um, uh, occupancy will be and how easy it will be to get into the resort. Um, what the grand California or the new Disneyland tower. Yeah, we're we're certainly looking forward to uh, hearing more about that and when it's going to open. So, I, I think uh, one of the last questions we have on here, Andy, before we uh, we we uh, let you go here, but um, Dan wants our, our one of our loyal listeners here, Dan. Uh, I'm probably going to wind up banking a year's worth of points. Then it will splurge on a three bedroom. Uh, should I stick with my family of five or invite another family? Also, three bedroom suggestions. So he's he wants resorts with the best grand villas, basically. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what he's asking, right, Trevor? Right? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Well, I'll tell you the the grand. Uh, sorry, the three bedroom grand villa is just an amazing experience. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the video, when I was a full time guide, one of the videos I always used to try and find a way to introduce uh, to a family as they were sitting uh, in um, tour on tour with me was the Grand Floridian three bedroom grand villa. To me, it's the way it's decorated. The attention to details are just above and beyond. You know, it is the premier resort to own, the premier resort to stay at. Um, other Grand Villas, I mean, the Grand Villa at uh, Saratoga Springs is pretty cool. A lot of people say, well, I don't want to stay at the Grand You know, I don't want to stay at Saratoga Springs. Well, you know, it's a pretty neat resort to stay at when you got the three bedrooms. They're very centrally located in one building. 
Uh, obviously, the, the Grand Villa at uh, Jumbo House is absolutely amazing to be able to sit out on the deck and watch the animals as they you know, lounge around. Um, one I love is, and I'm not going to give the full explanation of it because I'm going to let it out to the listeners to see it and try it, but the three-bedroom grand villa at El Lani is absolutely to die for. And when you go to it or when you go take it, a, a tour and stay there, um, you got to go into the three-bedroom grand villa walk-in closet with an ocean view, and that's all I'm going to say. Wow, walk-in closet? Wait, the walk-in, the walk-in closet, closet has, closet has Okay, that's all you're going to say. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Wow. <laughs> that sounds kind of great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how can you go wrong in a three-bedroom grand villa? Now, now the question comes out, really, if you underline what Dan's question was, is do I want to have 12 people I'm staying with, or do I want to just have my family of five or six and have just an inordinate amount of space? Um, I can just tell you from – People I've talked to through the years who stay in a three-bedroom grand villa, they're absolutely amazing experiences. But the fewer people you have in it, the better off you're going to be. Because you can never get 12 people organized to go do one thing at one time. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. And inevitably, you know, when you're traveling with a family or a party that large, it may include a set of grandparents or older parents who may want to retire on their own. So then just do a two bedroom and get a studio for mom and dad or grandma, grandpa, let them go off and do their things. They don't want to hear the kids up at seven o'clock for a rope drop. They're, they're, they're more (laughs) interested in grabbing a coffee and a little bit of toast. (laughs) Well, you know, I, Andy, you say that, but uh, I know I was, you know, we were doing this with uh, grand, my trip is with grandparents, right. With my, with my daughter's grandparents and, you know, obviously my parents. So, um, you know, it's uh, I told them that we were going to get up early because uh, all the parks open at like eight o'clock every day that we're there. And then, of course, we get the early entry. So they really open at like 730. And I was like, are you guys going to be up for 730 for rope drop in the parks? And I, I mean, I think they are. So, I mean, my daughter's up at six o'clock every day anyway. She's probably going to go bust on their door, you know, knock on their door and try to bust their way into the room. But um, that I did let them, they, they're getting the big room, right? So they're getting the master in the two bedroom. Uh, and, and we're going to get the other room uh, so we can sleep in the same room as my daughter. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's funny because I, I think they're all in for the rope drop for the couple days that they're there. But, uh, but yeah, I, I point taken because not everybody wants to do early days like that. So <laughs> yeah, I, I will tell you this, the rope drop on the first day is going to be a great experience. And when you roll home at midnight that night after 27,000 steps, you just call me and let me know if mom and dad are, oh, yeah, yeah. let me know if mom and dad are up there on day two with the rope drop and the 27,000 <laughs> steps. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. I don't think we're going to stay that late in the parks, but we'll, we'll see. So yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't do Ironman marathons. No. They're, they're not worth it. <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to do and that. I, so. Unless, unless this hurricane, you know, does a little bit of change with the weather, it's still going to be blistering hot down there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think the forecast for what I saw there was like mid eighties every day and, uh, you know, and, uh, rain every day too. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, uh, you know, well, any, any other DVC questions, Trevor or, or, or Andy, anything else you want to cover about, about DVC resale or just the, the marketplace right now or any other, other topic before we, uh, we, we let you go. 
I just say we're, we're always open to ideas and suggestions from listeners, from members, and from guests. And if you want to offer some, some suggestion of what you'd like to see or like to see us do differently, reach out to one of our resale agents and offer that opinion. We're always open to suggestions. And obviously, after right. this show, Eddie, I, Eddie. I might have the new title called Mr. Speculation. Oh, that we, <laughs> we oh, listen, we love speculation. So, um, you know, one of our first episodes was us trying to figure out uh, what eventually became the Skyliner. We were trying to figure out what it was going to be. Now, Trevor was correct in, in that it was the Skyliner and the rest of us were, I don't even remember what we came up with, but we love speculating on stuff and being mm-hmm. right and or wrong. So, um, but Andy, how can everybody reach you if they want to reach out to you? What's the best way to get to you? The best way to get to me is to remember a couple things. First is, you can find my name written on the bottom of Woody's right-hand boot. It is Andy, and you. some people refer to me as Toy Story Andy. You can reach me uh, email at andy at dvcresalemarket.com. That's andy at dvcresalemarket.com. Or direct on phone, you can reach me at 949 that's 949-412-0850. And as Trevor knows, we're the only broker. Tom, you know this as well. We're the only broker that's open till midnight Eastern Daylight Time during the week. And I do man that shift every night from 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time till 12 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So you can catch me on live chat as well. Yes. <laughs> Because you're West Coast, which makes that a little easier for you. Trevor, you don't have to say that. Show. Don't yeah. give away. Well, no, no, come on. It's, but no, we, 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 we appreciate you sacrificing your time for that either way, because you know, it's, it saves you a couple hours, but it's still a late shift. Still late shift. You got it. But you know what? Toy Story Andy (laughs) always has fun doing what he does. (laughs) <laughs> well thank you so much for being on the show today andy we really appreciate it and uh we'll we'll have you on again soon but um you know th- thanks a lot we appreciate it thanks and i'm hoping for a great so trip much, for you coming up this week tom and uh trevor always a pleasure talking thank you. to you can't wait to meet you directly when you come down to disneyland and we'll get together for a little break in the mm-hmm. bread and stuff like that sounds right good sounds good <laughs> all right well that was that was good to have andy on um, yeah. Glad we got to talk to him again. Some interesting things going on with the the resale market. So, yeah, I, I I like some of those things that they're they're trying to be creative with their offerings to oh, yeah. uh, to their people. So, yeah, um, I if I will admit, you know, I as much as I would like to try and use Sunshine Flyer on my next trip, I think um, I, I don't know if I want to wait. Like like you were bringing up how you. Uh, you know, you've got people coming in and it's like, yeah, you know, they're not in a rush to get to the resort. I'm not in a rush either, but um, I, I still just don't like the idea of waiting for a uh, a shuttle at the moment. That's just well, me. But yeah. I get, no, I, I get that. I, see, the the initially we were going to have we were going to get them like a private car, you mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. but then but then we were like, OK, well, they're going to be coming in later in the day. We're going to the Peppa Pig Park that day. So they're not like. It's not like we're we have anything scheduled at all for that day, right? So I was like, well, why don't we just have them do Sunshine Flyer and then like there's they can you know if, if it takes a little while for them to get there, they're not going to care. They're they're going to be fine with that, and it's going to be a lot cheaper too, you know. So yeah, yeah, that that's true too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's yeah. kind of what the the plan was going to be, but I mean, you know, 
I don't know. We'll see. I, we actually haven't booked that yet. I need to talk to my wife and we need to get that done. So, <laughs> Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. You should yeah. probably get on that. Probably, probably need to get um, on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, we have a couple more listener questions here that weren't DVC specific. Um, it's funny because so, we got no listener questions in the group. I had to pull these from other places. <laughs> right. Which, yeah, which is it's weird, um, which is weird. We never get, we, it's never the case that we get nothing, but you know, yeah, but well, come on, people. We need questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go. They ran out of questions finally. They ran out of questions. So, <laughs> yeah. well, well, you, you know, I, I, I would love, um, you know, we, we have, we have some of our listeners, you know, that, that are always very, um, engaged in, in the group and all that. But, um, this is me putting it out to all the other quiet people like myself, which I know you're listening to this and going, what is he talking about? But I'm not, I'm not the first person to ever ask questions in a group. So I'm putting it out there to all the other people that, you know, if you sit in the back or you don't think your question is valuable, I want you to ask that question because, you know, we, we do want to read your questions and we, you know, we, we would love to, you know, see new new and different questions may and you know, even if you think it's a question that's been asked before ask it anyway because you may find that we have a different take on it so you know i'm just yeah. thinking trevor I, I think we should probably do our ad and then do the these listener okay. questions um so yeah let's let's do the ad first and then we'll uh we'll get into the couple listener questions here and then all the others we don't have a whole lot of other stuff to talk about this episode so this is not going to mm-hmm. be a two-hour episode but every time i say that i, I somebody laughs don't, somewhere, don't but... jinx it <laughs> <laughs> all right this week, it is DVC Rental Store. DVC Rental Store is a world of DVC company. They offer magical vacations at incredible value. Save up to 60% off retail rates at premium Disney resorts. DVC Rental Store now includes deposits as low as 25% at the time of booking and a built-in cancellation policy for every reservation. As always, DVC Rental Store pays out the most for members looking to rent their points. Want to learn more? Go to dvcrentalstore.com or call 1-855-DVC-RENT. That's 382-7368. And when you talk to them, let them know that Welcome Home sent you. All right. So All right. do you want to read Katie's question? Yeah. Yeah. So so Katie, Katie says, here's my question, and, and it's a good one. What seemingly odd choice for – or what's a seemingly odd choice for the space that I call Alien Encounter? She says, my choice is meet the Robinsons with a space ride slash show. Okay. So, okay. So, so a, the previous alien counter slash stitches, great escape, Stitch's which, great escape. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what would be the odd choice for that? So not, not the best choice, but the odd one. Hmm. <laughs> like a, like a random IP. Like, well, I mean, meet, meet the Robinsons makes sense, but it's not the first choice. Like it's, you know, it does fit the whole aesthetic and everything. Um, but hmm, what would I do for alien encounter? It's a, this is actually a really hard question because I've thought about this a lot. Like, Oh, what do I want to see in this space? What do I want to see in Tomorrowland? And I, I don't know if I have a good answer for it. You know, it's, it's kind of a weird, I don't know how big of a space it really is. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. It, it, it seems to me like it's not a big enough space for, I mean, it's got those theaters in it and they're nice size space, but like, I almost feel like you have to do a theater based thing, right? Because it's not like they can build it out, right? Like they, they're, they're stuck by the footprint they already have, right? There's no building past the footprint that they already have. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's, and it's not a, I just don't think it's a big space, you know? 
No, it's not. But and, but that's where you have to get creative with it. And yeah, so that's where I'm suffering right now is the lack okay, of creativity so, here. <laughs> so, so so I I actually I'm I thought about this for for a little bit as well. And my uh, this is going to be a hot take on this because it, it's it this people are going to go. What is he talking about? And whatever. OK, fine. Here we go. <laughs> um, uh so I would like to see a throwback to adventure through inner space Oh, using that, but you know, doing the show like alien encounter, but doing, doing something where it's, it's the, the going into the snowflake molecule, but I don't know, like, like figuring out how to use like the environmental effects, like, you know, you know, blowing like, like really cold AC into there to simulate like getting cold and stuff like that. But Specifically using adventure through inner space because I feel that that was that was an old old ride in Disneyland. It was it was like you know it was an Omni Mover way back then, but you know it it disappeared. And I feel it would be neat to to kind of go full circle on an IP like that. Okay. Yeah. So there you, know you go. I- there, there, there's my weird hot take on that one. You know, you know what's something I miss that's actually from Epcot that I feel like that would fit here is like mm-hmm. I miss like the exhibits that that Epcot used to have like in in uh, interventions, right? Like the where it would be like a temporary thing. Like I remember one time I went there and I had to be 2006 or five, and they had like segways there, which were like new at oh, the yes. time. And you could like yeah. ride. To, like I want like. I want something from tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like I want pictures of me riding those segways. You do? Okay. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So like that was the first time I rode a segway and it was like, okay, well this is cool. But like, you know, throughout the years they had all these different attractions and, and cool things in there. And you know, that's all gone now. Right. And I, I think for Tomorrowland, that like, I don't even want an IP item in there. Right. Like let's, let's do something where there's a showcase of technology of tomorrow or something. And, Mm -hmm. And Disney can even showcase their own stuff. Right. Like they can, do like what they did at the over at the Odyssey where they were showcasing like the um uh where they were showcasing like what what was next at Epcot, right? Like, you know, the all the different new stuff that they were putting in there. Like do something like that, like where they're showcasing what they're doing and like have it be a rotating thing where they have new stuff. I don't know. I just think that would kind of fit in Tomorrowland and kind of fit in with the idea of of what's happening tomorrow. You know, like what's what's next. Yeah. You know, I don't and, know, and because it's like a theater, it, it yeah, keeps yeah, everyone's yeah. attention focused. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. No, I mean, I don't know. That's just the idea I came up with like a second ago. <laughs> okay, no, cool. I I like it. I, honestly, I've been too busy thinking about this hurricane and how it's going to, you know, impact my trip to even think about this. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. But you know, I think maybe you need a little bit of time to unwind and speculate and and all that. Because yeah, yeah, just it'll it'll be fine. You. I, I've been through this and it was, we, we still did our trip. If you remember, you know, we, we initially canceled our trip, but we went uh, like three weeks later. For, and again, that was did, because yeah. like you, like you said, you know, we had to cancel the whole thing, but you know, it, it'll be fine. Just, yeah, we're, just we're definitely not canceling the whole thing, yeah. right? Like that's, that's mm-hmm. not happening. Right. But um, you know, it's just the impacts that there could be. It just. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it just it's more of the unknown at this point. I just want to know like what's what's gonna happen so I can kind of plan out what we're gonna do. But you know, don't really have that right now. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully by like Monday or Tuesday, I have a better idea. 
I, in a weird way, I wish I could have just gone down this weekend and just like rode it out in Florida, like with my parents, you know? <laughs> yeah, just find a hotel somewhere and just. I, I just want to stay with my parents. Like, I, you know, okay, yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they're, they're close they're, enough. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're going to be probably impacted with some rain and some wind, but they're not getting like, you know, really bad impacts from this other than that. So, you know, I, we could have stayed there maybe and just, I, I don't know. But it's, we can't really do that. <laughs> like, we yeah, can't. Just, up and it's go, not so. like a yeah you can't just drop everything and yeah I guess. yeah yeah i mean i'm working this week right so you know it's like i can't mm-hmm. just go and do that i mean i can work from anywhere but uh you know my wife really it's can't, so it's not quite like you, uprooting your whole office even if you work remotely like you, you can't just like pack up and go yeah that quickly yeah i i get that yeah so yeah Anyway, okay, let's so so let's get back. We, we got one more listener question here from uh, B Meyer via Discord. Um, uh, what what Disney items do you collect and why? Uh, take the listeners into a journey of how the collection started and how ridiculous it has gotten. Oh, okay, this might be more you than me. I don't really collect yeah. stuff. So <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, so so I guess we we have a couple of collections in the house. Um, the probably the the two biggest ones at this point are pressed pennies and mugs. Um, so, so the pressed pennies actually originally started um, like I, I, when I was a kid, we knew about pressed pennies and we like, I think I got a couple when I was in the park, but the first time that we really looked at them was um, it was actually the first time my wife and I went together, which was, when uh, when we were dating, uh, my parents, uh, I was 19 and, and my parents agreed or, you know, they, they let me bring my girlfriend at the time on our trip and she had never been to Disneyland before. So to her, everything was was new and exciting and, and all of that. And and I didn't really think anything of it at the time, but she went and bought one of these press penny books and you know, as we were going around the park, she was just, she was hitting up each of these machines and grabbing, grabbing pennies. And, and, and to me, I, again, at the time it didn't, I was like, okay, you know, you know, you know, whatever, you know, you want to do this, let's do this. Right. And, but that kind of started the formation of a tradition for us, which was, you know, every time we went since then, we always go in and we find the machines. We, you know, we get a new book. We have, like I said, we have a book now for every trip that we've taken, because that's become uh, a big thing for us. And, like we can go back through those books and, you know, because they have like the years, like, like there'll be like certain pennies that are our special edition or like, you know, they were only released at certain times and whatever. Um, that's, that's just become a thing for us. And th- the nice thing about it is that pennies are very easy to like, the books are easy to display. They don't take up a lot of space and, you know, it, they're, they're easy to move and all that versus some other things which are collectible um, can be a little bit more um, unwieldy to, to move around and whatnot. And, and that brings me to mugs, which was the, the other thing that we, we started collecting. And, and that was um, that was more of a recent thing. And it, it was just um, actually, again, that that started when um, that originally started in 2006 and it was originally we were just buying them as a collectible for family members. Like we bought some for some family members. And but then we started looking at, you know, oh, hey, that that mug looks cool. And and I'll be honest, like I, I have a pretty good collection of mugs and 
I really only have one main mug that I use at this point every day, which is uh, I have a, a Chewbacca mug that I use for because I drink tea in the morning. Um, and, and all the other ones are just kind of like like they sit in the cabinet and they're they're sort of on display, but not really like they're they're just in the cabinet where where there's a bunch of other stuff. But um, yeah, like the again, those things all kind of started very like. It, it, it wasn't like I, I went into it being like, okay, this is, you know, I'm collecting this, right? Like I wasn't like immediately obsessed with it, but it just kind of evolved over time, I guess is the best way to say it. So yeah, it always just starts with buying like one or two, right? And then, yeah. And, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, at the time it didn't even seem like a thing. It was just like, and actually, oh, and, and now, now that, now that I'm thinking about it, I realized that there is one other thing that, that we did collect when they were available, which was the, uh, um, the, the trash can salt and pepper shakers. Oh, okay. Um, because yeah, like same kind of thing is like, I think we saw, we saw one or two of them and we were like, oh, that's cool. Like it was like a, a fantasy land and a Tomorrowland one, which we still use, um, as our salt and pepper shakers on our table. But then we saw like, oh, there's like, there's one for like every other land you can imagine. Right. And, <laughs> and so it, so that, so that quickly turned from like a, Oh, these are cool to like, when we realized there was more, we, we spent a trip in Disneyland actively hunting these things. Like we hit like every single store, like just looking for these salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> so yeah, it, it just, just kind of happens. Like, I, I don't know how else to explain it. And, and honestly, I don't think I would want to ever go into it as like, it, it's not fun if I know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, I get that. Yeah, I get like, that. That makes sense. So no, yeah. it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Yeah. Yes. It's, so, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's basically it for me right now. <laughs> so now, now that I really think about it, I mean, I do have quite the collection of, uh ride attraction posters and mm-hmm. um and uh and also concept art so i that one started because i so i you know i i have a problem uh well i used to anyway when, when i would go to epcot and they had the art store there we would always go through the computers that they have there for the the print on demand stuff and i just really loved some of the old attraction posters and some of the old concept art. Um, and so I have, I have to really think about this. <laughs> if I, I think I have about 10 pieces in my house um, between cons. I have concept art from Disneyland. I have concept art of the main street train station. I have uh, the jungle cruise concept art. I have um, a people, two people mover posters, I've got a Haunted Mansion, a Big Thunder Mountain, and, oh gosh, I think a Spaceship Earth. Um, I, yeah, I, I have a bunch of these attraction posters, and I, I'm running out of places to put them. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that that's like a huge collection, but it is something we started collecting. And, and to your point, like it never starts out as like, oh, I'm going to collect these. It was more like every time we went, we just kind of took a look, and I was like, oh, I really like that one. I could see putting that somewhere, you know, like, and it just kind of continues, you know, you just kind of end up buying all this, uh, all these things. So yeah, I, it's, it's, it's interesting how this stuff happens. Yeah. It, yeah. Like I said, I, I don't think I would enjoy it nearly as much if it was, uh, like you said, you know, it, it, it never starts out as a collection, right? Yeah, like absolutely. It, it always, like you say, you know, same thing for you is it's like, you just, something catches your eye and you're like, Oh, that's cool. And then, you, you kind of 
you, you go down the rabbit hole, right? Like, it's- exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, those two questions I was able to pull <laughs> were good. So, um, yeah. So let's go, let's move on to like some more news stuff. And there's not a lot of news stuff this week. It's a pretty quiet week, but, um, so it came out that Disney has filed a patent for a glasses free VR attraction. I, I could have sworn we talked about something similar to this a while ago. Maybe. But this, I mean, they just granted this patent. So, I mean. Okay. Yeah. Dis- it did, I mean, Imagineering has been on record saying that they will never create a, uh, an attraction that requires VR goggles. They they just don't, they don't like the, that the VR headsets require, like, Disney's all about efficiency, right? And it's mm-hmm. not efficient to be a fix, you know, fixing people up with uh with with VR headsets uh every t- you know every time you try to put somebody on a ride, right? And so that's I think what they're trying to solve for here, right? It's like, okay, we want to do VR, but how do we do a VR attraction without the VR? Right? And it, it's I feel like it's along the vein of like how do we do 3D without 3D, right? And that which is kind yeah. of what they tried to do with Mickey and Minnie's and and I think works pretty well. Is you know how do you do the 3D without the 3D glasses? Because you know there's so many things that you have to do at Disney that, that require 3D glasses, and you know it it takes you out of it a little bit. You know it takes you out of the immersion of it, but it also you know it was a pain for them. It's operationally kind of a pain. So, um, so this is I mean you know and I, I'm reading through this, this patent and I'm not going to pretend to understand how they're pulling this off <laughs> because this looks extraordinarily complicated. Can I read the high-level summary here? Because yeah, do it. Yeah, read the abstract. I, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the system would utilize a projection screen and a beam splitter carefully positioned around a physical scenic space to create a virtual object reminiscent of the Pepper's Ghost effect from Haunted Mansion's ballroom scene. Uh, here's the description from the abstract. Uh, a controller operates the projector assembly to project left, the left and right eye images towards the projection screen. The left and right eye images are then directed to the left and right eye positions. So a viewer with eyes positioned at the left and right eye positions <laughs> receives <laughs> a virtual object concurrently with light from a physical scenic space. Do you know what this is actually describing? And I wish Damon was here to hear <laughs> what? this. What is it actually describing? This is describing a hologram. Oh, yeah. I, you know, it's so funny when you said that. Because <laughs> I read that and I was like... This is kind of a hologram, like <laughs> it is. And but but the but here's the key with it though, and and I've seen other things that do this. Uh, so particularly, um, Nintendo made a, a console called the 3DS back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, the way that worked was you you would adjust again. It used like left and right eye um, positioning, and you had to be at a specific distance away for the effect to work. So it was it was it was doing 3D without the glasses on a screen, which was very impressive. But the problem was is if you got too close or too far from it, um, the effect went away entirely, and in fact, you just got a blurry screen. So this is the same kind of thing that they're describing: is that they're going to have things projected in a 3D space that, as long as you're in the right position, it'll work. Well. Which, it seems That's like they're very... tracking your eyes, though. It seems like they're tracking your eyes and moving it based on that, right? So, because it a, says, yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah, yeah, but, but, but again, it, it, yeah, like I said, the way it reads is it's, it's going to be very specific. It's not like, I guess the, the difference with virtual reality is that 
in VR space, you have you have an entire space to work with and you can move around it all you want. Like as long as, as long as your VR goggles have, or you have a big enough play space, you can do a lot of stuff in VR. But like I said, this is, seems a little more restricted because they're using, they're using the same kind of idea as VR goggles, but it's limited to, it's not just limited to, what you're looking at, but also from the angle that you're viewing it at, it sounds like, yeah, it's, it could, it has the potential to be very cool, but I could also see it where, you know, if you, if you're sitting, you know, too high or too low, or you're a little bit to the left that you could end up losing the effect that they're going for. Sure. I hope that they figure out, like you said, I hope that eye tracking and everything, it's a point where that, you know, they get around these things. I don't trust that this is anything other than, you know, if you had to be standing in the right spot, you get like the, you know, the Star Wars 3D hologram kind of thing going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, this in one of the pictures, it says it has like a camera and it says track eye positions using computer vision system. A virtualized version of 3D scene creates individual renders for each tracked eye point. So it seems like yeah. it's tracking the eyes in real time and changing based on that. So. I don't know. That's what they that's what it seems I, like they're saying. I, that, it seems like that would be really difficult to do, but I yeah, I asked them to do I, it. I, I I feel they're going to try, but like I said, from what they're they're describing, I feel that they're going to have to unless they have something like crazy like you said, you know, if they're tracking so many eye points, they need something like the system would have to be so well synced that, you know, all the all these things are, you know, all these people looking from different angles would be able to see it, what they're, they're trying to present, or they have to accept that, you know, maybe it is just a fixed point in space and, you know, anything outside of that fixed point in space is not going to work. I feel, yeah, I feel that's the more logical answer, but you know, these are Imagineers. You, like you said, yeah, they may have something a little more grandiose in mind. I don't know. Well, I mean, this is an incredibly complicated patent, right? So, like, obviously, is, they yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on here, and and you know, I, I mentioned before that they want to be efficient and also eliminate these things. And if you actually read the details of it, they they say in recent years the incorporation of 3D stereoscopic projection and imagery into rides and attractions and other entertainment experiences were rapidly incre- increasing. However, many of these attractions require that the rider participant wear 3D glasses or head mounted display, which causes the ride operator to purchase and provide these glasses and or headset and also to gather clean and replenish the 3d glasses or headsets additionally many participants find the glasses and hmds to be uncomfortable and difficult to wear over traditional glasses um so you know they're talking about oh and then the one size fit all all models are often ill-fitting requiring ongoing adjustment or repositioning by the wearers especially after rapid or jerky movements uh, in the ride or after extended wear in the setting. Furthermore, wearing 3D glasses or HMD actively removes riders or participants from an experience and creates a mediated separation between them and their companions or fellow participants. So basically, they're telling you what they're trying to solve here, right? So they're trying to mm-hmm. make it so that they're you're not put out of it by wearing this thing that that you know you you're it's more efficient because you're not having to clean these things through you know in between every single guest. Um, you know, they, that they don't want to clean your eyeballs for you as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that, <laughs> or they don't want to have to fit your headgear and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and you know, they don't, they don't want to, uh, they want to enhance, you know, enhance everything. So, and they are talking to about how, 
you know, this, it's really been challenging to do this. There's, it's very long. I'm not going to read all this, obviously. Um, but, you know, they, they are really trying to present the next level of this without having the headset and without having the, the, uh, the, um, you know, the, the glasses and all that stuff. So, I mean, this is interesting. I, I, I don't know what they're, what they're planning to use this on or, or if they're even planning to use it. It seems like an incredible, I mean, cause listen, Disney has a research, I mean, Imagineering has a research division where they just crank out stuff like this, right? Like they, they just come up with ideas. And so a lot of times they don't ever use this stuff, but um, this to me feels like a patent that they would use um, in, in the next generation of uh, a trackless ride or, um, you know, I, I could see this being used in a trackless ride, especially based on the pictures they have in the patents, um, you know, showing people kind of sitting in like a ride vehicle um, based on, based on what I'm looking at here. So, and maybe that's the only way that it can work. Right. I mean, maybe that's the only way they can make it work is, is in a ride vehicle like that. So all I know is reading through this patent, I, I feel extraordinarily stupid. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, it's complicated, man. Like some of these patents are is, easy, yeah. but this one, I'm just like, what is going on? What are they doing? I have no mm-hmm. idea. Like, this is so it, crazy. It, see, it seems like a bunch of computers tracking individual people's movement and then using that to, yeah, uh, yeah. Conceptually, I start seeing it in my head and I'm like, that's way too many variables. <laughs> just, yeah, it just seems very, yeah. very complicated. But again, I wouldn't be shocked if they could pull it off. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they have a version of this that already works, you know, at Imagineering that they've used. So, I mean... Yeah. I mean, the, the, the eye tracking thing is definitely becoming more and more common and it, you know, they are getting better at it, but yeah, I just, to do it on a mass scale, like either I, I can't, I, I'm thinking of it from like, you know, imagine sitting on like a ride, the equivalent size of like Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. like each of those boats has what, you know, 20 people on it and trying to track all of those eye movements at once seems very crazy to me but maybe that's not what they're doing maybe maybe they're gonna figure out you know it's like two people per car and each car has eye tracking done so it's you know you know that there's not as many vehicles going through but what they do put through is you know yeah they're they're able to or it's they're able to manage it at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, it right? does seem so, like the eye tracking is built directly into the ride vehicle based on the the pictures I'm seeing. Here. Yeah, but, the, but I also feel that it's like one of those things where, like I said, if it's doing eye tracking, like think about how people move and look around on a ride. Like, That's true, would yeah. you Would you have to be, would this thing be sufficient? Like, would there be a range that, you know, if you turn your head too far to one side that it, you know, it stops working or... Well, you'd have to have a yeah. limited field of vision, right? Like, so I think that's why they're presenting it in this way where you're sitting in a ride vehicle, right? Because basically yeah, but then, they're but then it also closes. Yeah. But yeah, but then it, but then it closes off your peripheral as well, which yeah, that's again, true. like, yeah. like I, I feel like if they're saying it's a true VR thing, like, like when I'm, when I'm playing a VR game, I can turn my head, I can look around, look through things underneath, over all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and it and it works because you know the goggles are on my face and the, and you know they're they're you know I still have peripheral vision although even in VR it's limited like like it does cut it off at a certain point but yeah like I can turn my head and look to the left and and it still works I'm I'm just wondering if 
you know, if, if is this going to be the kind of thing where if you turn your head and look to the side that, you know, everything just stops or it just, you know, desyncs or whatever, right? Like, I, I, I mean, I would Did, think they would solve for that, but I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I hope so. If, you know, you know, th- you have to think about how people move, not how systems work. <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> so, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I thought yeah. that was an interesting one. It is. Yeah. I, I like that one. But uh, yeah, I hope, you know, I, I feel bad for Damon because, you know, he missed hologram talk. <laughs> <laughs> you notice they didn't call it holograms, but yeah. No, I mean, I, no, no, I, no, they didn't. But It was yeah. my immediate thought. It was my immediate yeah. thought. <laughs> so, um, so the other thing is, too, I, I know we've been talking a lot of food lately. I actually kind of forgot and I keep forgetting. I, I, I've been reminded of this a couple of times, but I keep forgetting mm-hmm. that while I'm at Disney is the is the Epcot 40th anniversary. In fact, the first day I'm yeah. supposed to be at Disney is the 40th anniversary at Epcot. Uh, now, I was not going to Epcot on that day for lots of reasons, but, you know, especially because I don't want to be there on the anniversary because it's probably going to be bananas crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some interesting things going on. And, and so, you know, one of the things is they're doing a few food items. Um, so they're doing like a, a special uh, liege waffle with um, pearl sugar. The one that I'm like really looking at is this Mexico one, which looks kind of cool. Um, um, the the flan, vanilla custard topped with blueberries, whipped cream, and a Mexico 40 white chocolate ganache. There's also some cool margaritas here too, I guess. But the big one is the figment sponge cake. That's yeah, the showstopper, that, man. That sponge cake. I, 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 and I was waiting for, I was like, oh, I, I yeah. <laughs> you, you started talking about Mexico. I was like, Mexico, this thing, like this figment thing is <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like a kind of like a, a rainbow colored. It's a Swiss cake. roll. Yeah. It's a Swiss it's roll. Rainbow. <laughs> but it's rainbow. And then on top of yeah. it, it has figments wings and like a little purple, purple, uh, mousse of some sort. It yeah. looks awesome. It just looks it, good. It does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it yeah, sounds like it's, it's going to taste good, and it just looks cool. Yeah, I, I just, I love the, uh, you, you know, for the Epcot 40th, you know, they're just, they're going all in on like, okay, rainbow everything, right? Like <laughs> that's what I feel like. They're just like, yeah, and, and I know it's not like, you know, it's a lot of food dye and whatever, but <laughs> sure, sure, but yeah, I, I want a rainbow Swiss roll. I, I yeah. really do. <laughs> I, I mean, that looks like figment. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. The, I think the wings are what do it, right? I mean. Uh, yeah, I'm posting a picture of this along with the episode. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, it's it's going to be up there. But um, it says it has a honey lime mousse in it. How do you feel about that? Like, I think I, I like lime, like lime, key lime and, and stuff together. like that. It's interesting. Yeah. This is very limited edition, too, by the way. It's only September 29th through October 3rd. I actually think I'm going to be there on October 3rd. So I think I'll be, you, you we'll might, be able to get this on October 3rd. Yeah, you might have to buy one of these and live stream you eating it. Oh, man. It's over at Sunshine Sunshine Seasons, by the way. I always have a hard time with that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, man, I, I, you know, this, this looks good to me. I mean, I don't know. It seems like they're just doing these for a very limited time and maybe they'll do do more over the next, you know, couple weeks, but this is all they've really announced. So, but we also have a look at the 40th anniversary merchandise, which I am also extraordinarily excited for. So I'm, I'm just, uh, (laughs) sorry, before you go there, I, I'm going to just, cut you off because i i feel you're you know they have some stuff in tokyo as well and you just totally glazed over yeah because it looks disgusting that's why but you (laughs) you would eat this right so the the kaisan chirashi don i love like that looks delicious and i know you to you it probably just looks like a like 
looks like a whole Cthulhu's bunch of little brother or something. It does. Like, it looks like yeah. it looks like it's alive. It looks like it's looking <laughs> yeah. at me. Like I turn yeah, my head away from it, and it's still looking at me. It's, it's yeah, but but it, that looks really good. And then and then this sake teeny, which is a uh, sake martini. Like I don't know. Like I, I'm not a big alcohol drinker, but the, again, it just it looks nice, and and it's kind of all fitting with the Epcot 40th. You know, you know, colorful stuff, right? But yeah, so they're, they're I know, I know you were there. No, they were. They're saying these were both there at at opening of the uh, of the Japan Pavilion. So, oh, is that what it was? Okay, yeah. So, so, so the the sake teeny was on the menu when they first opened, and uh, it has sake and butterfly pea flower. I have no idea what that is, but it turns it a really cool purple color. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, but this is only for a couple of days. The merchandise, I'm assuming, is going to be longer than that. I, I don't think they have yeah, dates I of hope, the merch, but I, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Hopefully, some of the stuff is still there going even into November. Oh, they said while well, supplies last. So uh, if you yeah. want this after October first, you're probably going to buy it on eBay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, this stuff is cool. Um, I'm liking the hoodie. Dude, so I sent this hoodie to my wife, knowing that immediately she'd be like, "I need that hoodie," and I'm like, "But what if I want it too? Like, because this hoodie is awesome. Like, yep. they should just sell this all the time." So essentially, uh, it's it's a, a gray it's gray hoodie on the front, blue sleeves, and then it's got like a couple stripes of color on the sleeves, and then on the back it has like an outline drawing in like rainbowy colors of figment of the mm-hmm. over the whole back. And then the fabric on the inside of the hood is like that kind of like um, checkered Epcot pattern that they've been doing lately. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how to describe it, but um, it's just, yeah, it's yeah, it's that new Epcot, new Epcot pattern. What, yeah, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It's kind of like Spaceship Earth, but not. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bunch of triangles in different colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Man, I and then uh, even though looking at this first picture, the other sweatshirt that they have, I'd buy that sweatshirt too. Because I've caught forty-one with all the different uh, logos. Yeah, wait, wait, weren't you talking about? This is what I was yeah. looking for when we were there. This is exactly what I've been wanting: is something with all the new logos on it. And here we have it, right there. So celebrating yes. 40 years of imagination, it says it's got the 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 main Epcot logo, and then each one of the neighborhood. Uh, logos around it and it says epcot 40 so i mean kind of feel like i need that i hope i can still get it when i get there on the third and it's not completely gone but i mean this stuff just looks awesome and and by the way too i said to my wife and and hopefully this applies too but there's supposed to be um you know there's that we get the 30 percent off discount right now for pa- as a pass holder too so I'm like, let's let's buy some stuff <laughs> like let's you know, let's let's tear it up so um, it is also worth mentioning too. It says select items will be available at Shop Disney too. So they are going to sell some of these through mm-hmm. Shop Disney, but they didn't say what. Okay. So, so maybe you can um, get some of it, Trevor. Who knows? Yeah, the problem is, is uh, Shop Disney. I might as well oh, be paying yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you can always send it. The... You can send it to me, and I can send it to you. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, well, well. You know, we'll we'll see how things fare after. Um, after my trip in November, because you know, you maybe I might get lucky too. Cause, cause I know what you're saying is a lot of the stuff sells out quick, but there's also waves of the stuff that comes in and they won't just sell it, you know, just for a month, like That's for true. Epcot's yeah. 40th, like it'll be, it'll be around. It'll probably disappear for like the first little bit and then they'll get more stock back in and it'll kind of even out. 
Um, the other one that I actually, as I'm scrolling through it here, the, the other shirt that caught my eye was the, uh, the woven shirt. So, so I, like that? you, so you see where the spirit Jersey is or the picture yeah. of the spirit Jersey. Spirit oh, the one next yeah, to but, the button down yeah, the one. Yeah. That, that, oh, yeah. the one like the white, but then it has the, again, that those Epcot rainbow colors along the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really like that too. Like that's I mean, honestly, there's not a single thing on this page that I don't like. Cause I mean, there's a picture further up of a long sleeve shirt of two people wearing long sleeve shirts. Those yeah. are both very cool too. Like that one of them has just oh. Epcot 40. The other one has like all the logos of the, um, yeah. The neighborhoods yeah, on the that. sleeve. Yeah. Um, if I liked long sleeve shirts, I'd be all about that, but I don't do long sleeve. Usually. You, you need to go somewhere cold, like Canada. And you'll <laughs> appreciate a long sleeve shirt. Yeah, fair enough. But I mean, even this backpack, <laughs> I wouldn't buy this backpack, but my wife probably would, but it's a cool or, looking backpack too. Say, your, your daughter could be rocking that going yeah. to school. Like, yeah, well, and the shirt that this kid is wearing with figment on, it looks awesome too. Like I, all of this stuff is great. Like they should that, just have this all the time. <laughs> like that that kid shirt, that's metallic. Um, it's yeah. a metallic foil ink on it. I just noticed. Yeah, it looks because awesome. Of, yeah, 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 wow. dude. All this wow. stuff is great. If you guys haven't seen this, uh, I put a link in the show notes for this. So go check it out. But I mean, all this merch looks amazing. So if you're oh, in the and, park, sometimes watch too. Oh, okay, the, the watch I, is. I know that watch is probably <laughs> crazy expensive though, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. It just I mean, the, keep looking at it. It's like, wow, there's more and more stuff. Okay. Yeah. And this is just a preview, by the way, there's probably more than this um, because they just gave us, I mean, this was a first look at some of the new merchandise, which means there is more. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in creation shop. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. dude. Like seriously, as soon as I saw this for the show, I was like, Oh boy. Yeah. Creation shop's going to be an expensive trip to this time. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I'm going to have to bring an extra bag for that one. Good thing. It's uh right by the entrance and I can get on the monorail and go back to my room with all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm missing. <laughs> being able to ship stuff back to your room. Uh, yeah. Really missing it. So um, man. Yeah. But, Anyway, I, I'm I'm psyched for this stuff, and I hope I can get some of it at least when I'm there because um, I love Epcot, I love the new Epcot logo, and I love all of the uh, the the I love Figment. We all know this. I, I how much I love mm-hmm. Figment. So um, if I can get some cool stuff with Figment on it, and uh, all these cool like '80s designs that they're doing, like man, count me in for all of it. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm I'm here for it too. I'm uh, I'm I, I realized like I've. I've got some Disney clothes still, but a lot of it's getting old and worn out. So this is perfect timing to update my wardrobe a little bit with some more Disney shirts. And and yeah, like that hoodie, I would absolutely wear that hoodie. Oh, like a thousand percent. I would wear that yeah. anywhere. I don't I don't care where I'll, I'll wear that, you know, yep. everywhere I can. So I'll wear it to work. I, I, they, <laughs> you know. I don't care if it's unprofessional. I'll wear it to work. Who? Yeah. Who cares? Figment is, <laughs> is the most professional thing you could wear. I, I just... <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So one last thing we got here uh, and we get, so this are, are some Disneyland stuff. Um, so magic man plus is, is now going to make its debut this fall. They're still not giving a date, um, but magic man plus at, at uh, Disneyland is launching in the fall. Um, we didn't really know how you were going to be able to use the magic man plus, right? Because you know, for those that don't know, magic bands don't really exist at Disneyland. So this is going to be a, a new thing for Disneyland. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they don't quite have, or I mean, I, I guess it, it will still work. It, it'll work the same way it does it in Florida 
because it'll, you know, it'll still be the way you get into the park. It'll be yep. your room key. It'll be, um, I mean, I guess, yeah, you'd still use it for. Here. They didn't mention uh, room key on here, by the way. I, I will mention that. They oh, said getting into the park didn't. and they yeah, said lightning right. lane, but they didn't say anything about room key. So I, I can't imagine that they would not like for, for the three Disneyland hotels and like the, the, the ones owned by Disney. I can't imagine that they wouldn't allow you to use her if they didn't like what that would be a huge miss the mark kind of thing because you already have yeah you you already have yeah you have all know. the equipment there but maybe there's yeah. there's more work that needs to be done they they did say that this is just the beginning that there will be more things announced so maybe that's a next maybe that's a a, step, a part right. two uh, maybe because of the the scale of that is a lot more, right? Like for letting people into the park and lightning lane, you know, they have those little iPhones where they can just scan your, your band. They can deploy that and, you know, pretty quickly and easily hotel rooms are a mm-hmm. little different though. Right. Like that's, that takes, there's a lot of rooms and there's a lot of work that might be, need to be done there. So I, who knows? I don't know. I'm just speculating, but they're, they're already using the RFID scanners though for yeah. rooms. Like it's, yeah. again, I don't feel it's that big of a stretch, but yeah, there may be some back end stuff that infrastructure they stuff yeah. that they haven't done um the the other thing i i find it or well it's kind of funny but i also get why they're they're advertising is you you know the magic band plus will you know sync up with shows like world of color and phantasmic for or you know the nighttime shows in disneyland yeah um particularly i i find that interesting because when they had the the glow with the show ears you know that was a big selling point at world of color which you know, honestly, for World of Color is probably the one show where it makes the most sense to have that kind of stuff because, like, the show basically encompasses the whole area that you're in. So having, you know, people's ears or whatever light up makes sense. The thing is with Magic Band Plus, though, is it's on your wrist and, yeah, you know, you'll kind of notice people's wrists lighting up and stuff like that, but... I don't know how much of a selling point that really is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. Unless um, everyone's holding their arm up in the air during the show. but then, yeah. <laughs> Well, we've talked about this before. Nobody wants to be looking at their wrists while they're watching the show. They want to be yeah, you know, watching exactly. the show. So, um, And then they're also, you know, they're bringing the, the uh, Star Wars uh, Batu uh, Bounty Hunter game, the interactive game. They're bringing that to Galaxy's Edge. So you are going to be mm-hmm. able to do that, too. And, you know, they said, like I said, this more experience is still to come. So this is just kind of their beginning. Right. So. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. it's good. Good for Disneyland that they're getting some magic band love. <laughs> I did just notice one thing on here that I I never really considered before. Is So so they say that the, it'll have options to adjust LED lights, haptic vibrations and gesture recognition. Oh, yeah, that's I don't remember. Like we knew about the LEDs and the vibrations already. Um, gesture recognition, though, that that's hmm. yeah, that that is interesting. Yeah, because I don't think so, there's anything gesture wise that you can do with it right now. I don't think off the top of my head, I could be wrong. Not, not with current Magic Bands, but that that well, makes no, with me the, wonder. Even with Magic Band Plus, like I'm not, I'm, I'm saying there's not like a thing you can right. interact with right now, right? But but that's because I think like the current phase is that they're like. Magic Band Plus is available, but I don't think there's anything beyond the Star Wars stuff that's really utilizing it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think like right. it's yeah. So I so I wonder what gestures are going to equate to. Like, will that be maybe starting certain games or and or, maybe? Hmm. 
Maybe. I don't know. I guess we're going to have to wait that's, to find out. It's got me thinking now. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll come back to that later. Uh. I guess we're going to, well, I mean, we'll have to wait to see what they're going to do, but I mean, it's an interesting idea. Um, you know, cause there's some cool stuff they could do with that. Assuming it works well. I mean, uh, you know, but yeah, could I, I was just imagining like, okay, well, what could they do with that? And I was just thinking of like Dr. Strange, you know how like Dr. Strange opens his portals by doing like the little circle yeah, movement. That, like that'd mm-hmm. be a cool thing if you could create your own portals. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess maybe that's kind of akin to the, um, uh, the, the, wands. the wands at Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's Disney but, doing their version of the wands. <laughs> you'll you'll have everyone being Scarlet Witch and like, yeah, yeah doing or Doctor Strange and all that kind of stuff. That'll be interesting. That could be cool. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot yeah. of superhero cool like cool superhero stuff you could do with that. Yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. If you do like certain motions, maybe it would like or yeah, like it, you you interact with something and you do the right motion and it'll set off something. Yeah, you do the Spider-Man, like, you know, the the web-slinging, you know, thing. Or you do, like, the Tony Stark, like, you know, Iron Man shooting something out of your hand kind of thing. Like, those are all unique hand movements, right, that they could probably track and do cool things with in in Marvel areas. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, fun stuff. Okay. Well, I like, yeah, we, we just came up with some interesting ideas there. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more, like I said, I, I missed this because like they haven't really talked about any of that on previous magic band advertisement stuff. So I find it interesting that they're, they, again, it's not like a big thing, but they're, they're highlighting that. So Could I'm wondering, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that's part of the, like, you know, maybe that's the back end stuff that, you know, you were talking about. Maybe there is more that they're trying to get done and that's why they've been delaying this. Yeah, maybe it's possible. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's I, all we got, I, man. I think that's it. Okay. Um, so I guess this is the last thing that you're going to hear from me for a couple of weeks. So yeah, well, and kind of, because well, yeah, yeah. we we're going to do, uh, we're going to do a couple of wait lists just, uh, to, to tide you guys over, um, while, while Tom is off, uh, you know, hopefully going awesome to yeah. well, you're going to, you're going to have an awesome time, Tom. Yes. That's, I'll get there okay. eventually. Yeah. You regardless, you, you will have a great time. I, no, for sure. I assure that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So yeah. In in the meantime, though, yeah. If you guys are are listening to this, um, uh, as usual, if if you want to send us any questions or or you, you know share your own trip reports or anything like that, you can always reach out to us at welcomehomepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we we love hearing from you guys. Uh, you know you know keep the questions coming and all that kind of stuff. Uh, same thing on social media, you know, make sure you follow us on Facebook as welcome home podcast and check out the, uh, the group welcome home Disney waitlist. Uh, you know, get in there if you, you know, if you have questions or if you have things that, uh, you know, you want to throw out there for, um, for not just for us, but for, you know, the rest of the people in the group, uh, you know, I, I think, it, you know, more discussion is always welcome there. Uh, as, as usual, you should also follow us on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, YouTube is welcome home podcast and Instagram is welcome home picks, especially with Tom going to the parks. You know, you'll see, you'll see some of, uh, you know, pictures and stuff show up on there. So, um, make sure you guys are subscribed there if that's uh, a platform that you use. And if you want to help support the show, go to store.welcomehomepodcast.com and check out, uh, check out our merchandise there and also go to, uh, or if, if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash welcome home pod and check out the, the different uh, levels of support we have there, which um, those have exclusive merchandise and also gives you access to our discord server. So 
um, you know, lo- lots of ways to, to, you know, show your support for the podcast and to get a hold of us and interact. So um, hopefully uh, one of those appeals to you, or if not, just keep listening to the podcast. That's fine. Do too. that too. Yeah, you can yep. do that too. You don't um, have to be active if you don't want to be. It's cool. Exactly. But, uh, but if you are happening to listen to us on iTunes or Spotify, um, we would ask for a review. Um, five-star reviews are definitely the best. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we love to see your reviews. We, we love the, uh, the ratings because that helps more people find the podcast. Yeah. I've got one. I've got one to read this week, Trevor. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. So this one is, uh, from, uh, B Newcomb 1176. <laughs> okay. I know your brother Duke. Um, what <laughs> great, yep. <laughs> great DVC podcast, uh, five stars. They do a great job at covering uh, issues that DVC owners care about. I love the fact that the hosts don't always have all the same opinions. They're informative and discuss all aspects of the topics they're discussing. So there you go. I like it. All right. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Me too. Thank you, Mr. Newcomb <laughs> or Mrs. Newcomb. It could be there. <laughs> so, oh gosh. Let's, let's not start quoting Duke Newcomb. That's probably about <laughs> that, yeah. That would be bad. <laughs> anyway, don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, just about any podcast app out there you can find us. Just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, all opinions we express on the show are our own. So please consult a DVC representative or Disney cast member for more information about anything we talked about today. A big thank you to uh, DVC uh, uh, Rental Store for uh, sponsoring this episode. And, uh, of course, a big thank you to uh, Andy for coming on and being our guest this week. Uh, we appreciate uh, World of DVC and all the stuff that they do for us. So please, uh, you know, support the people that support us. And, and in this case, World of DVC has been a longtime supporter. So please check them out. We really appreciate it. Join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion. Of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. Mm-hmm.